you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hey, Owen, this is Chandler, and uh, I'm from Texas, and uh, I was always curious on uh, what's the origin of your uh, channel name, Telltale Atheist. Well, originally it was Telltale Atheist, but now it's Telltale. But uh, yeah, I love your show, and I love you, brother. Hope you're doing well. Appreciate that, yeah. It was originally Telltale Atheist, and when I signed up for like all of my social media, like Patreon and Twitter and Facebook and everything else, originally, when I very first started my channel, like the next day I signed up for that shit, I signed up as Telltale Atheist, because, you know, Telltale was taken. It's a fairly common word. Honestly, at the time, I was kind of a big fan of Edgar Allan Poe. In fact, around that time, I sent Kylie to school for like a Halloween costume or whatever. I sent her not as a black cat, but as the black cat from Edgar Allan Poe's poem, The Black Cat. That's what she went as. I told her to introduce herself as that. It was pretty funny. Anyways, I was just a big Poe fan at the time, so I thought the, the, the word telltale was pretty good. And that's what I started using. So if you wanted to, what I did was I retroactively went back and applied meaning to it. The Telltale Heart is a story about revealing secrets that people don't want revealed. So that's kind of what I was doing, I guess, or whatever. Um, that's not really why I picked the name, though. Hey, Owen. This is Lydia from North Carolina. I was just wondering, have you ever thought about writing a book about your experience growing up as a Jehovah's Witness? and leaving Jehovah's Witnesses? Just curious. Um, by the way, I love your content. Thank you. Yes, I have, in fact. I've got the first three chapters already written, and I have an outline written for a second book that I intend to write about my experience escaping West Virginia and getting to New York City, basically. Um, I, You know, it's a partial outline. It's really more just a description of what happened in this 14-day period. Um, we were writing it down day by day as it was happening because I intended to talk about it in more detail. But I haven't gotten around to writing the book yet, so we'll see what happens. I do intend to do that eventually, though. Matthew from Colorado. Um, are you aware of any liberal cults, or, or do you think that all the cults you know of are conservative? And if all the cults you know of are conservative, wouldn't that mean that conservatism is a character? Okay, let me let me pause it here. We're gonna take this voicemail one at a uh, one point at a time because there's a lot to unpack here. So let me let me start a little bit earlier and let's listen one more time because it's an interesting voicemail. I want to answer it thoroughly. Of any liberal cults, or, or do you think that all the cults you know of are conservative? There are liberal cults, but I don't think that liberalism in the United States is to the point in extremism that it would breed cults, really. Uh, there aren't very many liberal political cults, but there are, are cults out there that are liberal, generally. For example, there are some very extreme vegan cults 
and some very extreme new age cults. A lot of people in California are super liberal, but also deep in cults, like really, really deep in cults. I'm not saying that conservatism is the only political ideology that can have cults. That's not the case. Liberalism has cults too. It's just not heavily focused on liberal ideals like conservative cults are. Let's keep listening. All the cults you know of are conservative, and if all the cults you know of are conservative, wouldn't that mean that conservatism is a characteristic of a cult? I don't think conservatism is a characteristic of a cult necessarily, but evangelicalism, for example, evangelicalism isn't a cult itself. It's, a, it's an ideology that breeds cult-like behavior, and it creates cults. Evangelicalism basically is a blueprint to create cults. And out of the evangelical blueprint, you get hardcore extremist Pentecostal cults, um, and you get the NIFB and a whole bunch of other smaller groups that kind of spring out of it. So evangelicalism itself isn't a cult, it's an ideology, but it produces cults. Wouldn't that mean that conservatism is a characteristic of a cult and and cults are more likely to be conservative? Thank you. I don't think people in cults are more likely to be conservative necessarily. I think we would need like a research study to show whether or not people who are members of cults are more likely to be conservative. But like I said, there are a lot of liberal cults out there too. It's just that liberalism doesn't breed cults like conservatism does in the United States right now. But there are cults out there that are, by and large, liberal. Like I said, certain vegan groups and, um, you know, certain extremist SJW groups, if you will, that kind of thing. That Some of those groups can get very, very extreme and controlling, and I would definitely call some of them a cult. Um, and, and all of that does spring from liberalism, so hopefully that answered your question. Matthew Walton, I think the atheist community deserves to know why you dislike Richard Dawkins. Please give specific examples of things he's done or said. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Um, he has had very little empathy for the trans community, for example. In fact, recently he said some shit about the trans community that came across pretty fucking bad. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying this personally. I'm not really trying to broadcast this on my channel. I wish I hadn't even addressed it, though, because this is just a personal feeling. It's not like a channel-wide, like, you all should feel this way about him, too. I honestly don't give a shit about the guy. Sam Harris, I have more nuanced opinions about, and I'm not really a big fan of him. But, I don't know. I just don't fucking like him that much. I'm, I'm allowed to not really fucking like people, right? Lilith Embers, what happened with Kylie's teacher? Did she have any consequences for her illegal behavior? Nope. No consequences. She went right back to teaching as she always has, probably saying the exact same shit in that classroom that she has for 15 years at least. No consequences. They got the evil atheist out of town, and they just went right back to what they were doing. Welcome to the Deep South, United States. 
Dan Yeager just wanted to send some money for kitties, treats, and ask if you're going to attend NYC Pride. That's my plan currently, tentatively. Uh, little announcement. Also, I'm getting married in two weeks. <laughs> so um, I haven't really talked about that or anything. I thought about making it a big open thing where you know fans could come and whatever, but it's going to be so small that it's going to meet the 10-person limit in New York City. Only 10 people allowed to gather. I think you can do more if it's outside, and I maybe they opened it up now. I don't know. But it's going to meet the 10-person limit, including the efficient. It's going to be very, very small. NYC Pride will be happening during my wedding ceremony, so I will probably be going to NYC Pride after that. Next, we're going to talk about Michelle Bachman claiming Antifa was to blame for the 1-6 attack, but refusing to support an investigation to prove it. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. The next article I wanted to look at is titled Michelle Bachman claims the progressive left carried out the Capitol insurrection to put Trump down the memory hole, whatever the holy fuck that is. So let's give this a read. It's by Kyle Mantilla on rightwingwatch.org. Former Congresswoman Michelle Bachman continues to baselessly insist that the insurrection on January 6th is in which Trump supporters stormed the U.S. Capitol in an attempt to prevent Congress from certifying Joe Biden's election as president was actually carried out by the progressive left, quote-unquote. God, that was a sentence and a half, wasn't it? It wasn't a run-on sentence, it was just a really fucking long sentence. During an appearance on Jan Markle's Understanding the Times radio program Sunday, Bachman claimed that the insurrection was really a false flag operation carried out by liberals for the purpose of harming the MAGA movement and undermining President Donald Trump's legacy. So I figured we'd give this clip a watch and see what she had to say for herself. This was released, I believe, on 526. Let's give it a listen. January 6th. We're all told that that's the worst day that ever happened. These were the worst riots in America. It absolutely wasn't. It is my opinion that this was a theatrical event that the progressive left put on. Okay, hold the fucking phone for a second. This was a theatrical event perpetrated by the progressive left. Fascinating theory. Is there literally any evidence at all to support that? Or is this just pulled straight out of your ass? Individuals who were the instigators who brought this about These were agitators brought in to create this problem. I believe it was specifically done to rebrand Donald Trump as being an insurrectionist and a leader of a terrorist movement. Well, those things are factual. Uh, I mean, we have the evidence, the hard evidence. And I know Michelle Bachman isn't a huge fan of accepting evidence or even looking at evidence. But that's just what it is, man. I'm sorry. That's just what it is. This was done to rebrand the Make America Great agenda because, remember, that was considered extremely popular by about 80 million Americans. No, that is inaccurate. It was not. 
Donald Trump didn't get 80 million votes. Donald Trump got 74 million votes. Biden got 81.2 million, uh, million votes. Yeah. So, no. Trump did not get 80 million votes. If Trump had gotten 80 million votes, he still wouldn't have won the popular vote, but there's a higher probability that he would have won the Electoral College at the very least. He didn't get 80 million votes. Nice try rewriting history. They wanted to rebrand Make America Great as an evil thing. And those of us who supported Donald Trump and that agenda as evil and terrorists. I, is there another perspective you want to provide to me here? I mean, that's exactly what happened. A Confederate battle flag didn't even make its way to the Capitol building in the Civil War. Not until the 1-6 insurrection did a flag grace those halls. That's fucking sad. These people broke into the Capitol building with blood on their mind. They set up gallows out back and were calling for Mike Pence's head. Somebody came in with zip-tie handcuffs looking for members of Congress. Secret Service had to take somebody out to protect members of Congress and Mike Pence and others. What the fuck do you call it? I understand Michelle believes that there was this conspiracy, that it was the left or whatever, but we're going to get to a story in a minute that'll disprove that. We'll get to it in a minute. Let's keep listening. All a lie, as your listeners have seen, in the last five months, you wouldn't even know that Donald J. Trump was ever the president. You wouldn't even know that those four years of his presidency existed. W was the work that he did so inconsequential that it was that easy to overturn? It could be undone in like a hundred days by the next guy. Was it that fucking simple? Seems like that's Trump's fault. George Orwell wrote a book, 1984. He talked about a concept called the memory hole. Oh, here we go. These people absolutely fucking love tying things back to George Orwell. If the government in charge didn't want you to remember someone, they put them in the memory hole. Donald J. Trump has been put in a memory hole. Make America Great Again has been put in a memory hole. In other words, oh, it never happened. Give me a fucking break. What is she even talking about? It's like it never happened. We're all talking about Trump because he has a cult following, a full-blown religious cult behind him right now. It's impossible to not talk about this stuff when he is so incredibly consequential to what happens in the government right now. Trump has this bizarre fucking level of control over members of Congress. I don't know why they're so obsessed with him and appeasing him and acting just like him and trying to get his endorsement. I don't know why. But he is far from in a quote-unquote memory hole. Are you saying because the media isn't releasing an article every time the guy fucking says something on the internet? He's suddenly in a memory hole just because he's not the sole focus of the news cycle now. He's in a memory hole. Give me a fucking break. I thought it would be an interesting exercise, though, to see what she had to say immediately after 1-6. What did she have to say? No, I, this was right before 1-6. This was a coup in Georgia with the same... Yeah, okay. This is right before the 1-6 insurrection. This was on January 6th. So I believe she said this right before anything really happened, before everybody realized the gravity of everything. Let's listen to what she had to say here. This was a coup in Georgia with these same phony machines run by Stacey Abrams down there. She's not even elected. 
but she's running the state. Okay, what? What is she talking about? Stacey Abrams running a state even though she's not elected. What is she talking about? Stacey Abrams just helped people get registered to vote, and she volunteered to help at at polling locations. That is it. Just like, uh, you know, any other Trump supporter could have done if they wanted. People are allowed to volunteer to vote. That's how voting works. You sign up to volunteer. If you don't like the fact that a liberal person is in the polls helping people vote, then you get in there and help them too. Nothing's stopping you as long as you don't have a criminal record or anything, I guess. These bought-off phony Republicans down in Georgia. It was a coup so that the Senate was lost today, stole, not lost, stolen today. And now they want to finish the job. And they want the coup to be done today on January 6th so they can seal the deal with Joe Biden as the next president of the United States. Today was the day to have the coup. To put it all in process. Well, little did she know a coup did take place that day. It was a failed coup. It was Trump's little group of extremists charging the Capitol. But interestingly enough, do you remember a minute ago when Michelle Bachman said this whole thing was staged by the left? There weren't really Trump supporters there doing any of that shit. You guys remember this guy? This is the desk guy, the dude who was sitting in Nancy Pelosi's office with his feet up on her desk, and he was making faces. He stole her mail. Do you remember that shit? Stole her fucking mail. Remember this guy? Guess where he is now? He's got a whole fucking website dedicated to helping him pay for his legal defense. This is his Legal Defense Fund website. Guy's name is Richard Bego Barnett, I guess. By the way, do not harass, stalk, or contact this guy in any way. In fact, I may cut his name out. Just leave people alone. It's not good. There are already people working on getting him removed from PayPal because that's how he's basically paying for his legal defense. But I thought it would be an interesting exercise to kind of go through this little fundraising website he's got set up here see what he had to say for himself let's see let's click on the fight for america's soul what does he have to say in this section remember this guy i according to uh michelle bachman i guess this guy is supposed to be a leftist antifa member who's trying to fuck over conservatives and make them look like monsters or something i i don't know Let's see what he had to say for himself. This is one of the people who stormed the Capitol. The United States government has a long history using media-driven propaganda to scapegoat entire groups of people in order to increase the federal government's reach and power while diminishing our constitutionally protected rights. Oh, shit. Are they comparing themselves to African Americans in the 1930s and 40s during segregation and during Jim Crow? Is that what they're doing here? Is that what they're about to do? For instance, a federal government's decision to force all persons of Japanese ancestry into internment camps in the name of national security gained national support through media-driven propaganda and was subsequently upheld by the Supreme Court in 1944 in Kuramatsu v. United States. Oh, okay, so they're comparing themselves to Japanese people during World War II when they were put into internment camps. Makes perfect sense. I understand now. These people live in a fucking delusion. 
Seriously, these people live in a delusion. Years later, after the events of September 11, 2001, the government reacted by passing the Patriot Act, unconstitutional expansions in its use, and the mass surveillance of United States citizens by the NSA. As part of the Russia hoax, Carter Page, an advisor of the Trump campaign, was illegally spied on based on an altered CIA email by an FBI attorney. His punishment? Probation! Today, Trump supporters are typecasted as, a do- as domestic extremists by a media propaganda machine. That's because we watched it happen right in front of our fucking faces. We watched this shit unfold in front of our eyes. This guy right here on the front page threw his feet up on Nancy Pelosi's desk, stole her mail, broke into the Capitol in the first place, wasn't allowed to be there, and was part of a mob that had set up gallows and was shouting for Mike Pence's head. If that's not domestic terrorism, I honestly don't know what is. By a media propaganda machine that openly encourages the illegal pre-trial detention of U.S. citizens by the federal government. Yeah, okay, so what they're saying here, the illegal pre-trial detention, I don't think it's illegal to put people in pre-trial detention as long as they have access to a speedy trial. If it's a felony, their preliminary trial has to be within the first 10 days. They can't sit in jail longer than that before their first trial. For misdemeanors, there is no limit to that number. It can be as long as they want. And I have to say, I agree with them. That should not be the case. D.C. detention facility has become Guantanamo Bay for scores of January Sixers, whose human rights are violated on a daily basis with the media's blessing. Okay, now I, I don't believe in violating anybody's human rights. I don't care who it is, period. They're not human rights if not every human has them, right? It's not a right if it can be taken away. So, you know, I don't want anyone's human rights being yanked, period. But, sorry, you're gonna have to give me a little more evidence that your human rights are being violated before I'm going to accept it because your credibility is in the toilet at this point. While the U.S. government has cloaked its thirst for censorship and lust for control in its corporate agents known as Apple, Microsoft, Facebook, and Google for the sole purpose of circumventing the Constitution. Okay, can't these individual companies make decisions for themselves? I thought that's the nature of capitalism, isn't it? Why is this dude bitching about the U.S. government not preventing companies from exercising their right to freedom of speech. This is demonstrated by the fact that at this very moment we cannot meaningfully use our electronic devices absent forced privacy waivers, which begets the warrantless government tracking of everything we do. Demonstrated further by the fact that our liberty interests are being unlawfully intruded upon by a government that demands its citizens produce approved papers before being allowed to travel, worship, or associate. Oh, here's the vaccine passport bullshit that they're pushing now. Okay, you've always needed vaccines to travel to certain countries. That is not new. They just added one to the list, period. And they haven't even added it to the list necessarily yet. Europe and the UK and and other places, they haven't actually opened to anybody yet, or not to the US yet, right? Even with a vaccine, I think that's on the way once you get a vaccine, but it hasn't even happened yet. And either way, I'm not going to have a problem with it when it does. And the fact that our elected officials are forming an inquisition to stamp out the rise of anti-President Biden sentiment. Nobody is doing that. Look, the, the government has functioned as it always has. Not very well. But no elected officials are forming an inquisition. 
the fuck is this even talking about? An Inquisition. I feel like they don't actually know what an Inquisition is. I feel like they don't know what happened back then. If they did, they would be embarrassed to use that word. Another word for Inquisition is Holocaust. That's basically what was taking place back then. Their message is clear. If you object to the November election results or stand against the Biden administration in any way, not only will you be canceled, Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez will put you on a Gestapo-like list. Give me a fucking break. This is just straight-up propaganda from beginning to end. Your employer will terminate your job, your freedom will be taken, and then you'll be thrown into a gulag for an undetermined amount of time without ever having had a criminal trial. These people live in a delusion. And it's so fucking sad. I don't even know what to do. Our response to the cancel culture activists. The Spanish Inquisition was wrong and so is yours. If you actually understood what the Spanish Inquisition was, if you actually understood what happened back then, you wouldn't call this an Inquisition. I should do a whole segment about the Inquisition, what it was and what happened and how it all played out. But if I did, that video would probably rightfully be demonetized. It's pretty fucking bad. It's pretty gory. It's a very ugly story. The fact that they're comparing themselves to Japanese people in internment camps in the 1940s and victims of the Spanish Inquisition should tell you all you need to know about where their heads are at right now. Here's the very bottom. Because patriotism is supporting your country all the time, but your government only when it deserves it. Mark Twain. I get the impression he's saying that, you know, what he did on January 6th basically was an insurrection. He doesn't support the, the government. The government doesn't deserve it. I mean, am I reading this wrong? By him putting that quote there, that's what I'm getting from it. As a token of his appreciation for con for contributions of $25 or more, Richard will email you a copy of his court filing that resulted in his release. For contributions of 100 or more, Richard will send you a picture of him with his feet up on a desk while on house arrest. Richard sends his deepest thanks and appreciation for any amount of money you can give and asks for your prayers and continued support on the front lines of the fight for his freedom and the soul of our country. You know, if you don't want to be put in jail, then don't break into the U.S. Capitol and toss a congressman's office and put your feet up on her desk. I'm sorry, man. You're getting what you deserve in this situation. I have zero sympathy. So tell me again, Michelle Bachman, whose fault was this? Was this staged by the left? Or are you living in delusion land too? Next, we're going to talk about Anthony Fauci's email leak. Give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. The next article I wanted to look at is titled Five Things We Learned from Anthony Fauci's Emails. This is written June 3rd by Laurel Wamsley on NPR.org. Now, in case you guys didn't know, Anthony Fauci's emails were leaked. So what did we learn from them? That's what I was wondering. Is it even a big deal? Like, what, what did they have to say? Was it some big conspiracy that was blown wide open or something? 
Let's find out. Let's read this. For many Americans, Dr. Anthony Fauci quickly became the face of trust and reason against the coronavirus pandemic. He was a reliable man of science, while the Trump White House often played politics in its decision-making. Fauci, the 80-year-old director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, was seemingly everywhere as the pandemic emerged, appearing at White House coronavirus task force briefings and doing interviews with an enormous range of media outlets, answering questions basic and complex as the dangerous new virus wreaked havoc on the U.S. and the world. Yeah, Fauci actually appeared on like a few YouTube channels. He was on the Try Guys, I think, the Try Guys. I don't know anything about that YouTube channel, but I think I saw him on there. And I've heard of a couple of the people that are on it. He was also on Philip DeFranco, I think, interestingly enough. I was impressed by the fact that the guy saw value in YouTube. A lot of mainstream people like this don't see value in YouTube and and just fucking hate people who are YouTubers. You know, they just have no respect or interest in it. But not Fauci. He seemed to, you know, he seemed to like it just fine. Now a fresh window into Fauci's life and work has opened as thousands of pages of Fauci's work emails from the early months of the pandemic have been released to BuzzFeed and the Washington Post via Freedom of Information Act requests. BuzzFeed has posted its entire trove here for public perusal. These are some things that we found as we poured through the archive. Something to make note of here. The the question originally was, was there anything scandalous in Fauci's emails? The answer is no, there wasn't. But I felt I needed to talk about it anyways because, you know, people will come in and say, oh, you're not talking about this. Why don't you talk about this? such a big deal. It's a scandal. It's not a scandal. There's nothing scandalous to be found in Fauci's emails. I'm sure somebody could come along, some extremist, and pick out something and twist it out of proportion to make him seem like a monster or something. You could do that with literally anybody. But there's nothing really scandalous in his emails. Let's keep reading. Americans wrote to Fauci with very specific questions about what to do. Fauci received an email from someone planning a scientific conference scheduled for July 2020 in Tampa, Florida. Hey, I used to live in Tampa. The person wrote to Fauci asking for a prediction of what the effects of the virus would be then. There's no way of knowing for sure. I would wait until May to see what the dynamics of the outbreak are globally and make your decision then whether or not to cancel, Fauci replied. One woman wanted to know whether someone who'd been vaccinated against pneumonia would have any protection against COVID-19. I know you must be completely busy and inundated with people wanting your time. I apologize. I have nothing to offer in return and completely understand if you don't have the time to answer, she wrote. Fauci replied an hour later, laying out distinctions between pure viral pneumonia and bacterial pneumonia and suggested she get the pneumonia vaccine if she's over 65. The woman was stunned to receive a response from the nation's top infectious disease expert. Oh my God, she wrote, I honestly never expected you to reply, and I thank you from the bottom of my heart for being so generous. A National Institute of Health colleague wrote to Fauci on March 4th to ask whether the weekend's religious services should be canceled at a house of worship after a coronavirus case was apparently identified. You should cancel, you should counsel the rabbi to cancel the services, Fauci replied. Solid advice. I'm glad that people were genuinely asking this stuff, and I'm glad Fauci was there to give genuine answers, too. What a... Jesus Christ, guys. Do you guys realize we just came out of a worldwide pandemic? Holy fucking shit, man. Imagine that shit. We came out the other side alive. I mean, we're not even completely out yet. We see light at the end of the tunnel, but Jesus Christ, man. 
it it still blows my fucking mind that we just spent the last year locked down, right, socially distanced from each other, in hiding, getting vaccinated, and staring at the news day in and day out, waiting for new information to come out. Still blows my fucking mind. Let's keep reading. He pushed back on the suggestion that the Trump White House was muzzling him. On March 8, 2020, AIDS activist and Yale University epidemiologist Greg Gonslavs emailed Fauci, along with Robert Redfield, then the director of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, NIH director Francis Collins, Alex Azar, then the Secretary of Health and Human Services, and others. Gonsalves wrote, There are thousands of people waiting for advice from our federal government on broader social distancing measures in light of the fact that our failure in early testing and surveillance means the coronavirus is likely already spreading in our communities. All we see is genuflection in word and deed from most of you to a White House that wants this all to magically go away, he went on. Fauci replied a few hours later, Greg, I'm surprised that you included me in your note. I genuflect to know him about science and always, always speak my mind when it comes to public health. I've consistently corrected misstatements by others and will continue to do so. Fauci was in a tough situation. Fauci was in a situation where if he said the wrong thing, if he said something that Trump didn't like, Trump would have, you know, cut the guy out completely. He, I don't know if he could have fired him or not. I'm not sure. But Trump certainly would have at least tried to stop including him in press briefings. And I'm guessing that's probably why he brought in Dr. Burks at the time, because he was trying to kind of phase Fauci out. Or at the very least, he wanted to have a second option if Fauci said something he didn't like. So the fact that Fauci was delicately, delicately balancing on this fence trying to do the best he could to help people around him, and also trying to stay on Trump's good side, for lack of a better phrase, is really very impressive. I'm honestly very impressed with the guy. Here's the next subheading. Fauci gets a ton of email, and he replies to a surprising amount of it. The guy is fucking dedicated, dude. The guy worked 18, 20 hours a day for a while there. Can you imagine that? working that fucking much, getting four to six hours of sleep a night, and that's it. He was uncomfortable with his sudden celebrity. On March 31st, 2020, the chief of staff for Fauci's office emailed him an article from the Post that carried the headline, Fauci Socks, Fauci Donuts, Fauci Fan Art. The coronavirus expert attracts a cult following. Wasn't he listed as sexiest man of the year at 1.2 or something? Or he, or he was in the running for sexiest man of the year. Something like that. Fauci replied, truly surrealistic. Hopefully this all stops soon. It is not at all pleasant. That is for sure, Fauci added. But he found some upsides in fame too. Fauci wasn't above taking the occasional perk of sudden fame, at least as a baseball fan. A booking agent reached out to Fauci on behalf of Washington Nationals first baseman Ryan Zimmerman about appearing for a Q&A on the, base, on the ball player's Facebook page. An NIH communications officer replied, as a huge Nats fan, Dr. Fauci very much wants to do this chat with Ryan Zimmerman. After arranging the interview, the NIH staffer wrote to Fauci, P.S. What do you want to bet you get invited to throw a first pitch next year? I was thinking the very same thing, Fauci replied. Indeed, Fauci took the mound for opening day in July 2020 in a red Nats mask and made the first pitch. It wasn't a great throw. Oh, fascinating. Perhaps he was tired from dealing with his overstuffed email inbox, among the many, many other things on his plate at the time. I don't know if you guys remember this, but at that time, 
Trump said that he was invited to pitch too, and he turned them down. Uh, I, I'm sorry, I just don't believe that at all. I need some evidence to buy that. I pretty much need evidence to believe anything out of Trump's mouth at this point. But uh, just, it's, it seems like Trump's MO to try to one-up people around him and you know, take the fame away from them. I bet it ate him up inside that Fauci got Sexiest Man of the Year nomination. So that's what happened with Fauci's emails. Was there a scandal in there? No, not really. There wasn't anything scandalous. It was just normal stuff. But you can bet that Trump and Trump cultists are going to try to turn it into something more. Next, we're going to talk about one of the Christian extremists who tried to attack Gretchen Whitmer, saying that God gave him permission to murder. Give us 30 seconds, and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. The next article I wanted to look at is titled, Man Involved in Michigan Governor Kidnapping Plot Said God Gave Him Permission to Kill. Now, I don't know if you guys remember this or not, but uh, a few months ago, there was a kidnapping plot against Gretchen Whitmer, the governor of Michigan. She was the target of this whole plot where this group was going to kidnap and possibly execute her publicly. They were planning to break into the Capitol building and kidnap her and a bunch of other people, and, and it was just a huge mess. Well, the FBI, I believe, infiltrated the group by going to, like, rallies and stuff and joined some of their meetings, and just before the plot took place, they made a whole bunch of arrests. This is one of the people, a Christian extremist. So let's give this article a read. It's by Beth Stoneburner on the Friendly Atheist website. Uh, and by the way, this is from January 15th. That's when this one came out. It's a little bit older, but there's an update to it. And we're going to get to the update in a second. Let's read this. Remember the plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer? Six of the suspects in that scheme have been indicted in the plot so far. And one of those men, surprise, happens to be a member of a far right wing militia that stormed the U.S. Capitol last week, which, of course, was the 1-6 attack. And in a recent court appearance for the Whitmer plot, that man claims he has God's permission to kill people. So this is a picture of the guy, and this is a quote. Barry Croft, 45, of Bear, Delaware, pleaded not guilty and was denied bond during a hearing in federal court in Grand Rapids. The hearing marked Croft's first appearance in a Michigan courtroom since being charged alongside five others in October in a case that has focused national attention on violent extremism in Michigan. Obviously, this wasn't just a Michigan problem. This was an everywhere problem, a U.S. problem. And um, denying it isn't doing anybody any favors, just like Michelle Bachman did right here. January 6th. We're all told that that's the worst day that ever happened. These were the worst riots in America. It absolutely wasn't. It is my opinion that this was a theatrical event that the progressive left put on. The individuals who were the instigators who brought this about 
These were agitators brought in to create this problem. I I mean, she's sitting here claiming that the left, that Antifa did the the 1-6 stuff. Antifa did this. And here we are reading a story about a violent extremist who planned to kidnap the Democrat governor, uh, Gretchen Whitmer. Like, how absurd does it get? How do you get to the point where you're sitting here denying reality like Michelle Bachman is? Anyway, let's keep reading. Croft is the national leader of the Three Percenters, a small militia that participated in the January 6th insurgents at the U.S. Capitol, FBI Special Agent Richard Trask said during the hearing. Croft was saying that he was guaranteed permission from God to commit murder. Correct. Assistant U.S. Attorney Nils Kessler asked the FBI agent. Correct, Trask said. In case you're unaware of the Three Percenters, the name comes from the idea that all it takes is 3% of the country to overthrow the government. If you have 3% of the population on your side, then that it's over. Uh, let's see, 300 and 325 million people, I think, times 3%. It would basically take a million people, and that's just under how many U.S. active duty military members there are, I think. I think there are like 1.3 million active duty U.S. military members. So 3% of the country, if they were activated in this extremist cause, then, you know, the U.S. government would have a fight on their hands. Of course, they would probably win, ultimately, because these guys, these extremists, they don't have access to the same types of weapons as the U.S. military does. But the point is, it's concerning. It's concerning that it, it really does only take about 3%, most likely, to overthrow the government. This guy, The name of his organization is just about correct, and, uh, and he knows that. That's fucking scary. Let's keep reading. This is Beth Stoneburner talking. That conversation was part of the justification used by the government to, to make sure Croft isn't allowed to leave the state. He had requested to be released from prison before trial to avoid the risk of contracting COVID. Thankfully, prosecutors agreed he was a flight risk and should stay put. Whitmer wasn't Croft's only target either. The FBI also claims he posted a hit list on Facebook that included the Obamas. Oh my God, dude. I suppose in a twisted way, God could arguably have had a sense of humor in all this. Croft attempted to kill people, but got caught and charged with crimes before he could harm anyone. Well played. Or maybe we should stop taking anyone, anyone seriously when they justify their worst actions with faith. Just because you're religious doesn't mean you're virtuous. I think Beth Stoneburner is religious. I believe she's a Christian, but she's not an extremist Christian. The one that wrote this article. I could be wrong. Again, correct me in the comments if I am, but I believe that's the case. I read that. Uh, I think I read that in her profile on here. So there's an update to this. This was released June 2nd, 2021, written by Hemant Mehta. The title is Alleged Whitmer Kidnapper Doesn't Want Anyone Hearing Him Say God Gave the Okay. Last year, more than a dozen men were arrested for their attempted plot to kidnap Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer. One of those guys was Barry Croft, a right-wing militia leader of the Three Percenters Group, who stormed the U.S. Capitol on January 6th. He was one of them, and it is definitely an extremist group. Croft's arrest was particularly interesting because prosecutors, and eventually a judge, said he couldn't be trusted to be released until his trial date, and that's largely because he believed he had permission from God to commit murder. Something that I've come to realize is 
extremists always have a justification for their extreme beliefs. Everybody is a hero of their own stories. For the most part. There's the occasional person who knows they're evil and is doing that evil thing despite the fact that they know that it's wrong. But for the most part, generally, people believe they're doing the right thing. Even the extreme nutcases believe they're doing the right thing. And here's a prime example. This guy is an extremist. A clear-cut case. But he found a justification for being like this. He believes that he's got God's okay. He believes that he's doing what God wants him to do. He believes he's a good person trying to fix the world and make it a better place. Even though he's completely fucking nuts and tried to murder a government official. A governor. Holy shit, dude. Let's keep reading. The media is now trying to access his statements to that effect, and his lawyers are doing everything they can to prevent that from happening. They don't want the world to know that... What was it again? Croft thinks God gave him permission to murder someone. The Detroit Free Press explains. Here's a quote. In a new court filing, prosecutors on Tuesday said they do not object to releasing evidence that convinced a judge to order that Croft remain jailed pending trial this October, concluding he was a danger to society and could not be trusted to be free on bond. Honestly, I'm surprised it took him this long to catch the guy. Like, why didn't this guy snap way earlier than he did? Croft's lawyers want that alleged evidence, audio recordings, video, and photographs to remain sealed but multiple media outlets argue the public has the right to see and hear them. According to the government, here's some of what Croft does not want the public to hear. Quote, Croft expounds in an excited tone about his intent to commit acts of terrorism and claims God granted him permission to violate God's commandments. Prosecutors state in court records, in one particular message, Croft explicitly states his intent to kidnap Governor Whitmer, the primary offense with which he is charged. I would love to watch those clips. I am so heartbroken, but simultaneously so fascinated with the extremist mind. How did it get to this point? What happened? I mean, how old is this guy? This guy looks to be 40? Maybe he's got gray hair, 45, 50 maybe. What happened between the ages of zero and 50 to get this guy to the point that he's at right now? What happened in his childhood, in his adolescence, in his young adult life to get him to the point where he was the leader of a terrorist organization like the Three Percenters? How did he get there? It's fucking mind-blowing. I absolutely love reading about this shit. That's why Heaven's Gate is one of the most fascinating cults to me. Is because I just want to wrap my head around somebody gets to that point, you know? I mean, this group of 39 people mixed cyanide, I believe, into applesauce and ate it. And then tied bags around their own heads, not... Other people, they did it themselves and laid down and went to sleep. And then a, a, that was 12 people. And then another group of 12 were tending to them, making sure everything was secure, making sure it was well tied, making sure the quarters were in their pockets for space fare. And then the, that 12 went down, ate the applesauce, did the bags, the whole thing. How do you get to that point in your life, really? 
what led you down that path? I just want to understand, you know? Let's keep reading. I don't understand these Christian extremists. They spend all their time talking about God to the point where the rest of us can't ignore them, but when God supposedly instructs them to do awful things, they want to keep that stuff private. Good point. It's up to the judge to decide whether releasing those tapes will taint a potential jury pool. She'll make her decision later this month, but even if she says that evidence must remain sealed, we still know part of what's being hidden from the, public, from the public's view. My God, I hope they release those tapes eventually, even if it's in like 10 years. I so want to see what he had to say. I just want a glimpse into the guy's mind. I don't know. I'll tell you what I'm going to do later. I'm going to look into this guy and see if I can find a video of him talking. That would be fascinating, right? It's Croft's admission that the Christian God told him to kidnap and murder someone. I repeat, the God who said thou shalt not kill allegedly told Croft he could just ignore that rule for a bit. Or more accurately, Croft convinced himself that's what God told him. Is he lying? Deluded? Something else? I'd love to know what reason MAGA cultists use to dismiss that damning testimony. It's the exact same reasoning that every cultist uses. They always find a reason to excuse away their, their misdeeds. That is the nature of the cult mindset. They are heroes in their own minds. Tom Cruise believes he is saving the world. Tom Cruise thinks he's saved billions of people. Has he? Of course not. That's fucking ridiculous. But cultists are always the hero of their own stories. This guy right here believes he's doing the right thing. He believes that he is the hero of this narrative. The government's just gotten one over on him right just at this moment. He'll, he'll come back is what he thinks. And that's his viewpoint on this. He lost for the moment, but he'll, he'll make a comeback. That's the kind of mindset that these extremists keep. Thank you guys for coming and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues, Issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.